0: All right. Thank you so much for giving into this offering today. It, uh, uh, the opportunity of being in Panama. Uh, first time I had ever been in Panama. Pastor Manuel has had the opportunity of being there many times, and, uh, but just was so taken back by the people's love, passion for Christ, wanting to reach more people for Jesus. And like this, this, uh, this building that they're trying to finish out in this village where there's no other churches around. And, uh, it really is a, it really is a lighthouse for that area that's so full of, uh, darkness. And, uh, we, uh, even though it's not finished, we met there anyway. You know? And they, they cranked up the generator and they had service there and just, God really moved. It was amazing. And, uh, we uh, prayed for one, I remember praying for one lady that she had not been able to move her neck in five years, turning around, had frozen. She had had some type of severe injury, and uh, Mike is falling apart again, and that's okay. Um, but she had had a severe injury to her neck, and for, um, for five years, been in constant pain, and just chronic pain. And every time she would try to move her neck, it was, she was like knives sticking in her neck. And she just couldn't move it. And just amazing that as we, we prayed and laid hands on her and just just spoke just healing over that thing and broke the power of the enemy, she immediately began to do what she could not do for five years, which was begin to move her neck. And she moved her neck all around. And she just gets tears begin to flow down, big smile on her face. She says, I feel no pain. I feel no pain. I feel no pain. And so it's just amazing. The people are so hungry for, for, for just knowing Christ. Uh, the men in the rehabilitation center, they are probably have already got the women's rehabilitation center up and running. But the men, they have to turn men away because they don't have enough room, they don't have enough beds. And so that's the reason why we're wanting to do the bunk beds. So, like our Tim said, that if you were not able to give today, but you would like to, let me encourage you to do that and go on our website and be able to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, we got two birthdays today. Where did your wife go? She's celebrated, didn't she? She's downstairs. They must have a giant cake downstairs, probably. Danielle, there's Danielle. Happy birthday, honey. Danielle's birthday is today, and Kevin, Hankin's birthday is today. Yeah. So as a birthday gift, Kevin, after church, you've got to get back outside and do more work, okay? And uh, doesn't, doesn't the outside look great? Uh, i tell you, I'm so proud of the people that came out yesterday. Thank you. Uh, doing the outside and uh, putting in a lot of hard work. And to have people inside here doing Uh, some painting and cleaning and all sorts of things. And just uh, if you were involved in that, I know many people were involved in that. I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, I know that we didn't get everything done, did we, Kevin? There's plenty more projects. There we go. Hallelujah. Um, Be praying for Manuel. Manuel has been, Pastor Manuel has been in Guatemala for almost the last two weeks ministering down there. Uh, amazing things, and, uh, and he uh, emailed me back, and, and that we have two more churches that are becoming a part of the Harvest family, and uh, they're becoming a part of Harvest Global <laughs> Network, and so we're excited about that. Can't wait to be able to one day meet these people, and, but he'll be back tomorrow, flying back in tomorrow, so we'll be praying for just safety, and definitely just you know, strength over him. Uh, as he uh, as he gets back in and things like that, he's heading coming in Monday. I'm heading out. Uh, I'll be uh, Cindy and I are going to be uh, heading out on Tuesday. She'll be we'll be going to South Carolina so she can spend some precious time with her mama, and uh, and I'll be flying out of Columbia to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I'll be ministering for about a week in a uh, church as part of the Be Mosaic family. Uh, and Pastor Bill Overton's church in Gallup, New Mexico. And uh, really looking forward to that. Uh, uh, Did that about a year and a half ago and just had an amazing, amazing moment with them. So looking forward to going back and being able to minister to them. Hallelujah. All right. Y'all ready this morning? Come on. I hope you are hungry today. I'm hungry. I haven't had breakfast or anything, but but I'm 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 more hungry, more hungry for Jesus. Amen. I hope you are too. I hope you are too. You know, there are um there are moments in life, I call them life moments, that changes things for us. Uh that certain moments in life where as we experience what it, whatever we experience, it brings a little bit more of a new meaning to our life. And I was thinking about that yesterday, and because I, I want to talk about uh, uh, your kingdom wardrobe this morning. And, uh, and we'll talk more about what, what exactly that means. But, you know, uh, there are things in life that we experience. Uh, I remember as a as a child, there's nothing like experiencing the moment that you don't need training wheels anymore on your bike. How many of you remember that moment? All of a sudden, man, you are riding a bike, and and just the thrill and the freedom that you have, it changes everything for you as a five-year-old <laughs> or six-year-old or whatever, four-year-old. But being able to now, man, I don't need training those little those little teeny training wheels on my bike, man, I could just go. And I'll, I'll never forget the feeling, how amazing it felt. Uh, I think I was about five years old, six years old. Amazing it felt that of, of going down and going down our street and I could go anywhere. And uh, back when I was growing up, you'd get on a bike and you you went everywhere. You just stayed on your bike all day long, you know. And it was an amazing feeling. Uh, also, the feeling of when I decided to put my feet up on the, the little outside knobs of the wheels and actually put my foot in the spokes itself. And the, and the feeling of being flipped over your bike, that was a life-changing event right there. <laughs> I think I still have the scars man, somewhere on my legs. But moments like that, the moments of your very first job, the moments that you actually are getting paid, You know, it's not like an allowance or something like that, or here's two bucks for mowing the yard, uh, or whatever it is, but a real job, your first job, and the feeling that it was that you had, like, wow, this is really so cool, man. I'm getting money. And that feeling when that first check came in, you remember that feeling? It's like, I'm rich. Uh, I'm rich. The feeling of having that, and then the feeling of realizing how quickly it got spent. You know, that uh, it, all those are, are little life changing moments. The moment of having a child, you know, as a parent. The moment of just welcoming new life to, into the world and be able to, to look at that child and realize, man, I didn't realize I had that much love inside of me. And I mean, there's nothing like it, it's life changing. You know, having a baby. Uh, well, actually, Cindy had the baby, but um, yeah, it was life-changing, wasn't it, baby? It was. We, we decided in our first child that we weren't going to use any type of medication, nothing. We were just going we to go for it, For well, Cindy said she was going to go for it. And after about 14 hours of having contractions two minutes apart the entire time, she looks at me, and she says, that's it. I want to go home. I'm just, I'm just like, baby, honey, we can't go home. She says, you don't understand. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I want to go home. And I said, well, honey, and she grabs me. A death grip on me, man. She said, you don't understand. <laughs> so I was like, nurse, can we get some drugs in here real quick, real quick. <laughs> but I tell you, having our children, three wonderful children, life-changing life-changing moment, as our Tim was sharing this morning, the moment, that time, I remember the time, July 16th, 1972, when I realized what it felt like to have your sins removed. Oh, my gosh. There's nothing like it. I mean, just, it was better than riding a bike for the first time, you know. (laughs) It was amazing. It was amazing for that first time, and it's just, and just everything was new. I mean, I mean, Tim and I were talking about it yesterday. We were painting downstairs, and, uh, and uh, we were talking about what that felt like and how all of a sudden everything was new. I remember going outside the church that day, and I remember saying to someone, has the sky always been this blue? It just seemed like it was bluer than it had ever been, the grass greener than it had ever been. Everything changed. When that, the sin nature was broken in my life. It changed. It was wonderful, wonderful. And I'm, I'm so grateful to know that that wasn't just a one time event, that I stepped into something, that as I stepped into Christ and Christ and me and we became one, that, that provision of having my sin forgiven, past, present, and future. It's just, it's life-changing, people. It's life-changing. Life Hallelujah. And then the, and, and then the, the, the feeling of uh, standing across from the one that you're committing your life to for the rest of your life, getting married. Getting married was awesome. It was amazing. You know, I, 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 saying that, I want to welcome a new couple to our church here this morning. And they've been here before, but they weren't a couple, and uh, Nick and Jennifer Gorman, Mr. and Mrs. Nick and Jennifer Gorman fresh from their honeymoon. amen they they are they're a little weary, but man, they're the big grins, big grins on their faces. but it's life changing, you know, coming into that. I know for me, everything changed in my life. Oh my gosh everything changed, and and I didn't realize that I was, I had to change so much. (laughs) I didn't realize that, oh my gosh, I just, you know, we thought we were perfect for each other, which we were, because God chose us for each other, but uh, we weren't perfect. We weren't perfect at all, you know, and, uh, but hallelujah, almost 40 years, baby. Hallelujah this august august the 19th 40 years hallelujah praise god i was at when i was at jennifer and nick's wedding 2 weeks ago and we did it i uh i shared a verse out of the book of colossians and um i I've, I've shared this verse a couple of times in some wedding ceremonies i've done i've done hundreds of them and and um and uh, and just it's just an amazing little verse, that is in your bulletin this morning, if you look, it's in your bulletin, uh, what I shared that day and uh, with these guys, as they stepped into a life-changing moment, of coming into a place of, of marriage, a place of covenant. I, I shared this verse out of Colossians 3, and I'm just going to share verse 9. It says here, so chosen by God for this new life of love. Isn't that appropriate? For, for weddings, so chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. I love that. Or it says, be clothed with the garments that God has picked out for you. Did you realize that when you came to Christ, you, you began to wear new garments, a new wardrobe, a new wardrobe, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it talks about this wardrobe and and what flows out of this wardrobe. And it talks about compassion, kindness, humility, strength, discipline. And it goes on. But it talks about being clothed in a brand new way. And as Christians, giving our lives to Christ, we are clothed. It talks about in the Bible, several places, the word clothed, if you look it up, you'll find talking about being clothed with gladness, clothed with righteousness, clothed with salvation, clothed with humility, clothed with purity. It says many times being clothed with purple. We're talking about being clothed with royalty, that we are children of the king, children of the king. And we are clothed so that our life, the expression of our life is going to be totally different, going to be totally different now what is what is both sad at times and what is a bit questioning at times in our hearts is that we've been clothed and baptized into Christ and wherever we go we carry Christ we carry the nature of Jesus with us through the person of the holy spirit What's sad is that we encounter life and the things of life and we don't live like that. We have been been clothed to live a new way of life. Clothed to live life differently. God sent his son so that he could die and to to bring a transformation in our life, to bring us back to what Rifle talked about last week, that original design of what God had purposed in His heart for mankind, for humanity, from the very beginning of the oneness with Him. And because of sin, we were separated from God. And then God's purpose from that moment was to bring us back to that place that one day, we would be clothed again, not with garments of sin and rebellion and anger and wrath, but to be clothed in a brand new way with love and kindness and joy and peace, long suffering and patience, and being clothed with Christ, being clothed with his power, being clothed with his virtue, being clothed with his character, so that whatever we face in life, we bring Christ into that place. See, as as we walk this Christian life, guys, sometimes we have we have the we we look at it incorrectly. We look at it in a wrong way. It's like we 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 become saved and we, are oh man, this is great! I don't have to go to hell now. You know, I'm going to heaven, and, and this is great. You know and. And, and, you know, whenever I need God, He's going to be there. And so we kind of engage life and the challenges of life and the, and the, and the tribulations and the difficulties and of just life itself. And it's like as we do, we, we cry out and we say, God, help help me. Bring me through this. Bring me through this moment. Help me. Rescue me. Get me out of the ditch I'm in. I've somehow I've fallen in. God, get me out of that. Listen. The, the life in Christ is nothing like that. It's not a daily rescue plan for you. It's not. And that's how we live. I know I, I have. We all have. We live in that manner. Instead of realizing that inside of me, somehow, inside of me, I have the fullness of God living on the inside of me. And His nature is on the inside of me. And I am clothed with Christ. I am clothed with the nature of God. And I carry that wherever I go. And whatever I face in life, I just let that come forth. I just let it come forth. And and as we begin to think in that way, boy, it changes everything. It changes how we live life, guys. It changes how we live life. I want to share with you today out of the book of Colossians. It's an amazing book. Gosh. I want to take this one little verse that I took out of here and I want to kind of expand this morning a little bit because Paul wrote this book while he was in prison and it is such a book of hope. If you read through Colossians, there is one thing that comes at forth as you read it over and over and over again. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It gives you, as you read it, all of a sudden you begin to discover yet again, wow, who I am in Christ. And it's amazing, Paul writes this while he's in prison in an environment where there was very little hope around him. Think about that. The suffering, people dying. he He knew that his death was not far off. There wasn't in the natural, there wasn't really a lot of hope that was around him. But Paul Because Christ lived in him, Christ lived in him, hope emerged. And hope emerged out of that man. And somehow he was able to harness that and take that and write this letter to the book, to the church of Colossae. The the interesting thing about it, they say, the historians say, is that Paul probably never went to Colossae. We know that he went to, the, to Ephesus, and in Ephesus created an amazing church there. And it says out of, out of this place, Ephesus, the Ephesians, they, they, they touched all of Asia with the gospel. And they believe that what happened, that there was a man that Paul writes about, his name was Epaphras. And they believe that he was a disciple of Paul, and he was there in Ephesians in Ephesus, and he left Ephesus and went about a hundred miles to Colossae, and began a church there. And so here, Paul never even have been in the church, but he writes this amazing letter to them. And in this letter, it's if there's one thing, one theme that goes through this, other than hope, is that Christ is preeminent. Christ is preeminent that he begins to write about the importance of understanding and, and because there was, there was a lot of things happening in this church, a lot of false teachers coming in, trying to bring in uh, uh, false philosophies and humanism and, and so many things and trying to get them to get back under the law again. And, and Paul's writing, and he's saying, listen, what's important is the supremacy and the centrality of Christ is that, is that you, you were in Him. If you, if you look through the book of Colossians, you'll find that he says that you're rooted in Him, you're alive in Him, you're hidden in Him, and you're complete in Him. He leaves no doubt. Paul leaves no doubt whatsoever that Christ is preeminent, that it's all about Christ. It's all about having this person of Christ in you that he lives in you by the person of the holy spirit and that that he is our hope of glory he is that we are fully baptized into the person of Christ and so as he starts this this book out in colossians chapter 1 i want to want us to put up the scripture most of the time i i preach out of the new the new king james version sometime out of the the, um, the uh, NIV or English Standard Version, but today I, I'm, I'm going to be sharing out of mainly the Passion Translation. And uh, I don't know if you have ever uh, read out of the Passion Translation. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing, the translation, and it just brings things to life. And this is what Paul writes at the beginning to these Christians in, in, in Colossae. He says, there is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, manifested for every holy believer to experience. And then he brings them back to the thing, living within you is the Christ, I love this, who floods you with the expectation of glory. Ah, wow. How amazing is that? Listen, he says, I want you to know, he floods you with everything that you need. He floods you with everything that you need. Living within you is the Christ. He floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us. Wow. Wow. Just look at these words. Embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest. I love that. Of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. God wants everyone to know it. God wants everyone to know that there is a moment in life that everything can transform in your life. Everything can change in your life. That a new person emerges out of your life. And he's writing to these Christians where they've experienced that. And all of a sudden they have other people coming in. And they're saying now you have to keep, you have to you have to do this. You have to come back under this. You have to, and they're and, and they're and they're bringing false teachings and stuff. And so, Paul, not being able to be there, he writes this letter, this amazing letter, about the supremacy of Christ. And he says that in Christ that he becomes a heavenly treasure chest that becomes everything that you need in life, everything. So when you, when, you, when you face various difficulties, how many of you right now, right now, you're facing a difficulty? Put your hand up. Everybody look around. Almost all of us, we're facing something right now. Facing. I want to tell you, God already has the answer for you. He already has the answer. You, and, and, and it's not coming. It's not coming that you have to pray and pray, and hopefully one day it will come to you. It's within you. It's within you now. The kingdom of God is within you now. And we have to understand that. We have to learn that. That's why under, and why being absorbed in the word of God and being absorbed in prayer is all. And we're talking about that a little bit more here. And it goes on. I love this by Paul. He says this, Christ is our message. He said, listen, you're hearing a lot of messages right now, all sorts of things got to do this, you got to do that, you got to be this way. He said, there's one message. He says, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into a full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and my passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity. Wow. Now the question comes, Does that exemplify our life? Does that exemplify our life? We know, we understand that Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples in my name. We understand that we really are fulfilling from the very beginning when God says, go and multiply and and influence the entire earth. that's our mission. That's our mission. And I love how Paul writes out his his mission here. Christ is our message. The hope of Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person to a full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration, my passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with His power flowing through me To present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Christ. Wow. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. He's talking about us this morning. That when we encounter Jesus, we realize we are his perfect one. Not because of anything that we did, but it's everything that he did and everything that he brings into our lives amen hallelujah I want us to look at the third chapter of Colossians okay We've got about 25 minutes here I think we can get through it chapter three all of all, the whole book of Colossians is amazing because as you look through Colossians it's really broken up into four parts. The beginning, talk about the supremacy, the centrality of Christ. Second, talking about the body of Christ itself. That that we that we be in his body, we are to continue to release and be the presence of Christ upon this earth. Amen? You are. You have the privilege. You have the joy of presenting Christ. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? No. Uh, of course the question is what do we present what do we present day after day and many times we pre- we present impatience we present anger we present unforgiveness we present judgments against people that's what we present and people are confused people are confused does it does not take much But to read what's in the news today, to read what's on Facebook today, to read what's in Twitter today, to read and see people that are confused and they're saying, if Jesus is so good and he is everything that you tell me that he is, why is your life not different? And boy, that's just, wow. It's an indictment on the church about our lives, guys. And the sad thing about it is that we have that one inside of us. We are one in Christ, there in Christ. And yes, I understand that we've got to be transformed and we've got to be renewed and we've got to change and, 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 the, and, our, and what's inside of us and what defines us and our character and all of those things. But we change by allowing Christ to be Christ in us. And chapter 3 here speaks so well about that. That's why I want to share it this morning. Paul also talks about the true gospel, and he speaks about the Christian life. So chapter 3, he starts off this way. He says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Wow, wow. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Do you understand that when you received Christ in your life, there was a resurrection that took place? That something of your life, the old person of your life, was crucified with him, was buried with him. But just as Christ was was risen new, different, we are too we are too i think it's i think it's it's amazing how paul starts this off and i know it says a little bit different different versions but it really it all means this christ's resurrection is your resurrection too this is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that's where christ sits enthroned at the place of all power honor and authority and because we are in christ we are seated in heavenly places with him Amen? Yes, he says, yes. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not the distractions of the natural realm. How powerful that is. How powerful. And we all have experience when that happens in our life, when we're weighed down by worries and cares and the natural things of life, and we take a moment And we just we 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 focus on Christ, and we focus on what He has promised, and we focus on who He is, and what's inside of us. All of a sudden, we begin to look at things differently, and we realize: listen, this this thing cannot overcome me, but I am going to overcome because Christ lives within me. How powerful that is! But I mean, everything in life so many times gets us to focus on the. The natural reality, which is really not reality. When you have the the spiritual reality living on the inside of you, of Jesus, it is false reality. Is reality masquerading itself as the truth? And it's not the truth. What's within you, what you have believed upon, what you were filled with by the person of the Holy Spirit, and the changes and the transformation and bringing Christ into everything, and as you see how that's transformed and how things happen. That's reality. That's reality, my my friends. I about said my guys, my friends. That's reality. Oh man, I tell you, we could stop right there, and that's 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 good. But we're not going to stop right there, okay. <laughs> I still have twenty minutes, man. I get to be with you. See, I don't get to do this much anymore, you know. We got so many great guys here, you know, preachers preaches and uh Pastor Rifle and Pastor Artem and Manuel and then others that that uh that come and share here. So so you're gonna get the entire twenty minutes, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. As you look down, he talks about the distractions of this natural realm. In the next couple of verses, before you get to verse 9, he talks about the old man and how we allow the old man still to live and how we allow the expressions, the fruit of that old man, still fill up to fill our lives, to fill our minds, to fill our actions, to fill our the things that we say. And he says that, and he says, listen, that, that life is over. That life has been dealt with. That life is no more if you believe in the newness of the life that's within you now. And he begins at verse 9, and he says this. Now you, now that you have embraced new creation life as the true reality. He said, lay aside the old Adam self. And if you go back up and you you can read and you can see all the things that talks about that Adam had from the fall. He said, "With its masquerade and its disguise." I love that. I love that. The enemy wants us to live in that manner and live in that way and to masquerade that this is real life, and it's not. It's not. Christ in you, the hope of glory is real life, It's real life. And he wants to transform, wants to transform that old man and renew that old man. And in in the Message Bible, I I love it. It says, it's the same passage here. It says, now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Uh, I love it when they put it together. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. It it speaks that your old wardrobe was ill-fitting clothes that you have taken off and has been burned. That's your old nature. It's not supposed to live anymore. It's been crucified with Christ. He says, now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your new way of life is custom made by the Creator with his label on it. Now, that's out of the Message Bible. It's not up there if you're looking. Um, But I just wanted to read that. It takes this first part and it says, you know, laying aside your old Adam self with this masquerade in disguise. For you have acquired new creation life. New creation life. The message Bible talks about a way of life that's been custom made by the Creator. You have acquired a new creation life which is continually say continually. Continually. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. Right where you're you're sitting here. It's happening. You have acquired a new creation life which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you. Wow. Giving you the full revelation of God. I love that. He says, in this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference. Your ethnicity makes no difference. Education, economic status, they matter nothing, it says. For it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. That's why Paul said here, my message is Christ. My message is not about your nationality, about your economic status, your ethnicity, not about that. And that's what they were doing. The the, the false teachings were coming in, and they were trying once again to bring segments. You were separated because of this and this and this, And and you're better than you, and the old way of life. And Paul said, none of that matters anymore. You have walked into a new way of life, and you carry that wherever you go. So this message that we're talking about, this new creation life that we're talking about, guys, we have the opportunity today when we leave this place, wherever we go to a restaurant or to a community or to an event, you carry this with you. You cannot separate this out of your life. And I want to tell you, this week you will encounter things that you don't like. You will encounter things that will challenge you. But the question is, what's going to flow out of your life? What's going to flow out of your life? I have found that what flows out of your life is what you spend the most time fellowshipping with. What flows out of your life is that what you spend the most time fellowshipping with. There's times that Cindy realizes, Doug, what you've been fellowshipping with. (laughs) You need to fellowship a little bit with Jesus, honey. And that's true. We all. You know? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's move to verse 12 through 17. This is so powerful. Wow. So powerful. Mm, mm, mm. It says here, in, in, your, in your bulletin, it has the translation of the first couple of verses, which is out of the Message Bible. This is out of the Passion Translation. It says this, You are always and dearly loved by God. A guy's right there. Some of us just need to stop. That's all we just need to take that in. You need to take every word and eat every word. Because that has been the challenge for you in life. Not knowing that you're loved. That you're always, you are always and dearly loved by God. How many times that we mess up, we sin, we want to, whatever happens and we. We, sh- we let that old man come through us, and it's not pleasant. It doesn't smell nice. It's not good. It hurts people. It, it brings divisions in our life of, with people. And we realize and we feel so bad about it. And we're, we're so afraid that God must be mad at me. We're so afraid that God must be angry with me. So afraid. Why would God love me in the state that I am? want to encourage you. God loved you in the state that you were in before you came to Christ. His love for you was as great as it is right now. He loved you at your worst. He loved you at your worst, guys. He loved me at my worst. So whenever my life kind of reminds me of that, God says, it's covered. It's covered. It's covered by me. It's covered by me. Hallelujah. You are always and dearly loved by God. So he says, clothe yourself, robe yourself with the virtues of God. Now listen to this. Robe yourself with the virtues of God, the virtues of Christ. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, God's purpose for you is to express, express the holiness of God, to express his nature to everyone that you come in contact with, everyone that you meet. Help us, Lord Jesus. Jesus says, I have. (laughs) I have helped you. And and, and he goes and he begins to just share, basically, many of these things are just the fruit of the Spirit. As you read it, you read it in different translations, you realize he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit flowing in our lives, being a part of our lives, coming through our lives. And he says, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Wow. Our greatest challenge is sometimes we don't understand others. We, don't, we just don't know them well enough. We don't really understand what's going on in their life. And so, instead, instead of showing mercy, what do we show? We show judgment. I now judge you because I believe that you're this way. Because I don't understand you. It says here in the Word... That when those moments arise, what needs to flow out of our life? It's not judgment, guys, but it's mercy. Mercy. How many times were you extended mercy when you were not understood? People just extended love and mercy to you. How deeply that is needed in our generation in our society cuz i read things guys and i see things and i don't understand it how can you how can you think that way how can you be that way i don't understand it and i so and sometimes i so quickly i make judgments I make judgments without really knowing understanding a person so the the what he encourages us to do, understand that person by showing mercy to them before you're so quick to judge. Understand them by showing mercy. It goes on. He says, And be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Wow. And being compassionate, showing kindness toward all. I read something somewhere. I don't even remember where I read it. But it says, be kind always, because you never know the battle that someone is going through. We don't. We don't. We don't understand when someone responds to us, maybe in a, in a harsh way or an impatient way or in a way that is not loving, in a way that is not kind, and we don't, wh- where did that come from? What did I do? Whatever but we don't know what they've been going through. Many times I've found it's just that, listen, I'm just having a, I'm having a hard day, having a rough day. And it says here to be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. It goes on, it says, be gentle and humble, unoffendable in patience with others. Wow. <laughs> wow. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in patience with others. Wow. You know, I have found because God wants to refine these things in our lives, doesn't He? He wants us to grow in these areas. I have found that God will uniquely pick out for you that person that is the most difficult to be patient with. And he will place them right in your lives, won't he? He'll place them right in your lives. And he says, now, don't be offended, but be patient with them, be gentle with them, and be humble with them. How many times we get offended? How many times we get offended with others because we don't show patience? How many times? And I, I just I just see it so often in the body of Christ. So sad. I see it so often that we, we, we're, we're so offended with one another. So offended with each other. And we carry that offense with us and we you know we use it as a we use it as a as, as a punishment over someone else's life guys we have we have Christ living within us he was never that way never that way we got a lot of growing up to do don't we a lot of growing up to do but you've been clothed with this it says you've been clothed with this you, you, you clothe yourself with these virtues. You make the choice. You make the choice what you're going to be clothed with. Every day we make the choice. When we wake up in the morning, we all thought today, what am I going to wear? We all thought about that. You know, does it match? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> you know, is it warm outside? How warm will it get? Is it cold out? Do I need to bring a jacket? Whatever. We thought about that and we made a decision today. I don't see a person in here that's without clothes. So every one of you made a good decision. Okay, you made a good decision. All right, you made a decision to clothe yourself this morning. Every day we wake up. Every day during the day we make decisions. What are we going to be clothed with? What are we going to clothe ourselves with? Are we going to clothe ourselves with Impatience, anger, unforgiveness. Are we going to be clothing ourselves with kindness, love, mercy, patience? It goes on here. We're almost finished. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Wow. People talk a lot about tolerance today. Seems to be the word, doesn't it? Tolerance. I've found that people who speak tolerance the most many times are the most intolerant to others, with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Christ. If you find fault with some, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. I have found one of the most powerful things that I have ever encountered is forgiveness. Especially when you forgive someone else. How powerful that is. How powerful that is. As a young man, I carried for years and years and years unforgiveness toward my father. Even as a Christian, someone would say, have you forgiven your dad? I would say, sure. But you know, really, I I hadn't. Because I still held against him his mistakes, his errors, where he failed, where he was weak. And how I was hurt. I carried that, guys, for over 30 years of my life. Carried it. I begin to have children. Begin to have children, and I would react just like my dad. The thing that I, that that that, I hated about my father was his anger. He was so angry, you you never you, you, when you when you came home, it was like you were walking on eggshells. You never knew what was going to happen. You never knew how he was going to react, and he was. He was not violent in a way that he was physically abusive, but he was violent in a way in a way he spoke over you and to you. And and I had much of my life hearing that, that I was nothing, that I would never be anything. Heard that over and over and over again.
1: And I realized
0: how much I hated this man that I called Daddy. Thank God, Cindy and I were at a seminar one year when I was in my early 30s. And the person talked about, you know, the wounds of the soul. And talked about judgments that we've made. And how we see my father was not a Christian, didn't look like he was anywhere close to being becoming a Christian. I prayed for him, but yet I held so much in my heart against him, guys. And I didn't follow this verse here. I didn't follow what it said here. Tolerate the weaknesses of those, forgiving one another in the same way that you've been graciously forgiven. If you find fault with them, release the same gift of forgiveness to him. I wasn't doing that. Not just with my dad, but I wasn't doing that with many people. As a Christian, I wasn't doing that. And I was in a seminar and it broke me. It broke me. And I realized the thing that I hated the most, I become the very thing that I hated the most. I was just like my dad. And the way I reacted toward my children, to my wife, was just like my dad. I had an explosive anger inside of me and I could not control it. Couldn't do it. Until I forgave the one that wounded me. And I didn't really know I wrote my father a long letter and forgave him for everything. And I showed mercy and I showed love that was always inside of me from the moment when I was 18 years old and receiving Christ. It was there, but it never flowed out of me to this man. I had pity toward him, but I didn't have forgiveness toward him. And I forgave him. I forgave him. See, during that time, I never heard the words from my father, ever, ever heard the words, I love you. Never heard those words I, that I'm proud of you. Never heard those words. Months later, we had gone home. Now uh, I, I sent a letter off to my father. Never heard anything back, which didn't, didn't really surprise me. But I was there, and we were there that weekend. We were living in Georgia. They were in South Carolina. We had driven up with the kids, and they could spend time with grandmom and granddaddy. And Cindy's parents were in the same areas spend time with them. So we were coming to the end of our time with my mom and dad, and, and we were getting ready to leave. Cindy had already gone out with my mom to the car, and, and I was walking out with my father, and I could tell that he wanted to say something. You know that moment when you're with someone, you just know something, that, what do you want to say? And so we just stopped, and all of a sudden, I, I felt his hand on my shoulder, And he said, he says, I love you, Doug, and I'm so proud of you. I'm glad you're my son. I want to tell you, in a moment, like a, a thousand pounds was lifted off my shoulders, I experienced something new in life I had never experienced before. I experienced the miracle of forgiveness, what forgiveness will do, and how it will set people free. And something happened that day, began in my father's life, of setting him free. And it was slow. And many times it was just like the same old person. Nothing had changed much. But little by little, my dad began to change. And even in the the end of his life, where his mind wasn't clear, he was confused didn't know what was going on. God gave him a moment, a miraculous moment, where you would talk with my dad, and it was like he didn't know who you were, didn't know you were there. It was just gone. And God gave my father a moment of clarity. He was in in an adult daycare center, and it was a Christian adult daycare center. And they noticed, everybody called my dad Doc because his initials were DR, just like mine. They got called him Doc. And they looked over, and my dad was weeping. They had brought a preacher in. He was preaching. And, and most of the time, my dad was just, it was almost like it was catatonic. And all of a sudden, my dad was crying. And they went over, and they said, Doc, because they knew that, one, dad never cried. And, two, something was going on. And went over to him and they said, Doc, what's going on? And he said, You know, I've I've wasted my entire life. I hurt my family, I hurt my children. I walked away from God and I'm so sorry. And they said, Doc, would you like to receive Jesus? He said, I would. I would like to receive Jesus. And so he prayed. He prayed with him. And he received Christ in that moment. Fifteen seconds later, that doorway, that time, that moment, that window of clarity was gone. But something had changed. My dad, this was two weeks before he passed away. Went to his funeral not even knowing if my dad ever just hoping somehow that dad received Jesus. And the director of the Good friend of mine, Sandy's director, came up to me and said, I I've got to tell you this. I've got to tell you something that happened to your dad that you don't know about. I'll tell you, if I had never forgiven my father, I don't think it would have ever happened. Your forgiveness, of releasing others from their mistakes and their weaknesses, is so powerful. And we have this great power, and we use it so very little. I want to encourage us. What clothes are we wearing today? What are we putting on today? I want to just look at the last verse here. The next laugh talks about let the Word of Christ live in you richly, powerful, important, flooding you with all wisdom, Then it talks about how you minister that to others through songs and psalms and and teaching. Then it says this. Go to the next one. Let every activity of your lives. Look at this, guys. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. Wow. Be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, And bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Let every activity, guys, every activity of your lives, everything that you do, every action, and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. Wow. See, that's the wardrobe God has for you. That's the wardrobe that we are to wear. That every person that we encounter, every person that we encounter, that their encounter with us, it's they are drenched with the presence of Jesus. Now, guys, I have not been perfect with this. You have not been perfect with this. None of us have been perfect with this. Many times that we react. To people, and we do not show anything about the beauty of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you every day we have a choice. Every moment we have a choice. What am I wearing? What am I wearing? What clothes have I put on today? Am I covered? Am I clothed with the person of Christ? Let's stand up, please. I I don't know what your week was like this last week. I don't know what you were clothed with this last week. But I do know right now, at this moment, right now, we can make the choice. We can make the choice of saying, Father God, the very thing that you have given me, I choose to let my life to be clothed with this, be clothed with the garment of Christ's virtue. And that's what I'm going to wear. That's what I'm going to be clothed with. And whatever I say and whatever I do, wherever I go, I make that decision, I make that declaration right now. And we're going to pray, and that's the prayer of your heart right now. You just declare it between you and the Lord. Amen? Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, Lord. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time today, your presence today, Father the worship that we've experienced, God, the Word that we've, we've read and we've experienced. And I thank You, God, that we, I, we declare we are new creations in Christ. The old man has been buried, dead, put away with. And we declare today that the garments that I desire to wear are the garments that have been given to me by Jesus Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Father, if I allowed myself to wear garments that, are, that didn't look like you at all. God, I took the old garments, the Adam self <laughs> garments, God, that I took off and I put them back on. And I reacted, God, in a way that is not of your kingdom at all. God, I repent right now in Jesus' name. I repent before you. And God, if you, if you direct me to go to others that I have, that I have hurt, in some way, God, I repent before them. But God, I look to you now, and I thank you, Father, because you are mine and I am yours. And I choose to clothe myself with your robes of righteousness. Your robes of salvation. I choose to be clothed in Christ. That I have been baptized in Christ. I choose to be clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. I choose to be clothed with that, God. That God, when I go forth, or when I leave this building, I leave these four walls today, God, and I encounter people that God, that need to see, experience the beauty of Christ. God, I'm wearing the right clothes. God, and I bring Christ into that moment. Father, I thank you, Lord God, this week for every opportunity, every moment that you will give many of us, each of us, to bring Christ into a difficult situation, into a challenging situation, into another life that desperately needs it. We choose to be clothed. (laughs) We choose to be clothed with these garments of love. We say your love is your all-purpose garment. We choose to be clothed with your love, which is supreme. It says in the Word, it is your mark of maturity. Love, love, love. We choose to be clothed with that. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, you meant it from your heart. Just, just raise your hand right now. Just lift your hand up and say, "That was my prayer today." Hallelujah. 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 Guys, let's go out and let's be the the reality of the words of our lips. Amen. Let's do that. Hallelujah. As we leave today, I want to invite our, our altar ministry team up here that would love to pray with you. If you need prayer this morning in any in any area, I invite our, our, our altar ministry team to come on up here. Guys, God bless you. We love you. If you need prayer, please come up here. We'd love to pray with you. We love you so much. I'll see you here in another week.